0: This is Rainy Knudsen. For this Glass Tire Art Dirt podcast, I talk with the Houston artist, David McGee. David was born in Louisiana and raised in Detroit and Houston. He's known equally for his paintings and his watercolors, some of which are monumental in scale. He's been a prominent figure in the Houston art scene since the 1990s. This fall, David is having back-to-back shows of his work, The first show at Texas Gallery is All New Paintings, which he worked on during a self-imposed sabbatical living alone for a year on the Bolivar Peninsula on the Texas coast. Bolivar is not far from Houston, but it's far enough to feel remote and very quiet. The second show, at the Houston Museum of African American Culture, is a 20-year retrospective of his works on paper. While his work often touches on racially charged subjects, he says his art isn't about the African American experience. It's a study of the human experience. I spoke with David at his studio this week in Houston, where we discussed his work and, as I always enjoy doing with David, current events in America. Before we talk about your work and your shows, mm-hmm. plural, right. can we just talk for a second about current events? Right. And what's going on in the world? Nobody is having any fun, mm-hmm. and everyone is upset.
1: Every, everybody is. Everybody is. Listen, Donald Trump is not embarrassed. I know. You know, Donald Trump is not losing sleep because you and I are disgusted by his every thought and move and behavior patterns. He is, he is a Manchurian candidate. Mm. Listen, Don, Donald Trump was meant to be the president of Shark NATO. You, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what i'm saying that he was cast as the president of shark nato yeah. he really by all actual fact and vocabulary cannot believe this shit has happened yeah but but you know what's bothering me about donald trump listen to the hypocrisy of all of this argument as an african american male from my point of view there could never be a black donald trump in the white house when michelle and barack obama fist bump the nation quivered. I mean, yeah. listen, what's what's going on? Barack Obama's like Jackie Robson in, in every high achieving African American hint, and 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 there will be in the future. There has to be a higher level of how you conduct yourself and maintain a point of excellence that Donald Trump is pissing on. Yeah, he, he, whiteness works. He's he's basically saying, yeah, whiteness works. You can be an asshole and a rapist, and 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 have you know, your children that. doing all kind of stuff. But if Malia and Sasha did any of these things, or if Barack Obama showed any kind of blackness. But here's this man breaking all kind of taboos of behavior. Certainly did, for a president. And Christians, white Christians, looking at him, you know, saying, it's okay.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, and so how does this look to, to me and a lot of people like me? You can't begin to understand that feeling. Mm. You know, so it's it's amazing, it's amazing times. Listen, there was a great book in the 80s by Henry Louis Gates called The Signifying Monkey about the history of the trickster in uh, African myth and American culture and how those two engage. I think Barack Obama is a great seer. Um, I think he understood the problems of race more so than people gave him credit for. Mm-hmm. He understood the history of it. He understood American looking and the complexities of, of that gaze, you know. And double consciousness is a real thing, you know. Um, we have to, black people have to know about the other as well as, you know, being engaged with their own coming awareness and their own history, which is painful, which is painful. You know, we were shackled in the middle passage, you know, and caught between a babble and a whip. Mm-hmm. So Barack Obama understood all this and he understood Uh, what the trickster does. So it's quite genius. Barack Obama is quite genius.
0: I think he also understood what a tinderbox race is in America in ways that white liberals did not black people exactly did. exactly but 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 exactly. i think, i think white liberals were like we're fine we're we're all good right yeah, yeah, yeah. and african americans are like no they knew but no. i think i think that most white liberals were like why why isn't he talking about race like what what's the problem here
1: no um, and then
0: and then suddenly we have tiki torches and swastikas right and it's like how can this be in america
1: humanity is something that we all are trying to get down to august wilson says or, or the guy who directs August Wilson's plays, uh, Lord Richards, says, truth is hard, but it's clean. You can't get through truth swimming through a sea of shit. So you need to clean. You need you need to be clean. So, you know, l- you know let's talk. Let's talk. Let's understand that you have benefited from some things. You can go through River Oaks at 12 o'clock at night. I probably can't. Mm-hmm. You know, and so let's. We can't go any further if we can't acknowledge that. I don't think I could be David McGee, your friend, if I didn't grow up in Detroit when I grew up there. Because we live in an all Polish neighborhood. Mm. you know, And um, was not a lot of blacks in my neighborhood, just all Jews and, you know, and, and Poles. And it made all the difference because it gave me an inquisitive nature. Segregation doesn't work.
0: Segregation doesn't work. It doesn't work. I'm sorry. Separate but equal doesn't work, people. It
1: it does not. It does not work.
0: We got to talk about your work. You have two shows.
1: I have two shows.
0: One that's about to close and one that's about to open. Right. Complications of Water Right. at Texas Gallery. Right. And Urban Dread. Right. Which is about to open. So let's talk about. No, no, no.
1: Complications of Water and Urban Dread are the same show. Oh. They're sorry. The same, oh, the same, I'm sorry. So yeah, what's the
0: show that's going to open at the The museum? Telling
1: and the Told at HMAC.
0: Telling and the Told. Yeah. When I went in and saw this show at Texas Gallery, right. there were two things about it that really, really struck Actually, three things about it that really, really struck me. One was it was a bravura show. And by that, I mean you came out guns a-blazing. It was a dense hang. It was a long wall of one type of painting and then a, a corner and long wall of another type of painting. Right. And it was just like, it was so wow. in your face. It right. was, it was actually amusing knowing you personally. That mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, God damn it. I'm here. <laughs> and so, so it was, it was not quiet. Mm-mm. And I've seen shows of yours that have been quiet. This was right. not quiet. Right. Uh,
1: I'm glad you said that about, about, about quietness and, you know, Oh, no, now, no, that's, no. That's very important. I'm it glad was, you noticed that. People don't know that. You came out really
0: strong on this right, one. Right, And really brave. And then the other thing that was interesting was how old-fashioned it was in terms of the types of painting you're drawing on in the vernacular and definitely the sources, clearly some of the people you're, exactly. you're, you're riffing it, off of. Right. And so it was a very old-fashioned show. And right. then the third thing. Exactly. The third thing was... The work of yours that I really know are your watercolors, which are going to be in the show that's opening up at the museum, which we'll talk about in a sec, right. and works on paper, mm-hmm. and then your figurative paintings that you were doing kind of in the early aughts, mm-hmm. but I did not realize until I saw the African American show that was at the Museum of Fine Arts Houston last right. year, or uh-huh. this spring, Right. last year. That you were doing abstraction oh, wow. way back in the day. Way back in the in day. In 1994, you did this painting, Sperm... Rush. Sperm Rush. This is a mostly abstract. There are figurative elements in it. Mm-hmm. Sperm, shoes, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it's mostly an abstract painting. And I was like, well, that doesn't look like David McGee. And so when I saw this new show at Texas Gallery, I realized, like, oh, well, he's done this before. Right. But very differently. Right, very differently. The hand is very different in this the hand, later The hand show. is
1: very different. The so
0: so what's interesting to me so first of all I would say can you talk about this return to abstraction because I see it as a return to this very early mode of working that you were doing but or is it a return for you
1: it's it's not a return well it's it's it was a pause in action right it was, it was a pause in action <laughs> <laughs> and, and um, listen we, we, listen, we're talking, our, the first part of our conversation is about what it is to be a human being and what it is, what is it to witness um, and what is the role of citizenship as mm-hmm. a per- person who is witnessing. Well, you, can't, you don't see everything the same way every day. I have an automatistic way of working where if the painting requires a certain kind of hand or a certain change in how things are built, I'm gonna go wherever that goes, and I'm not gonna be a victim of style and, 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 and a slave to, you know, um, signature. I'm just gonna go where the subject matter takes me. Mm-hmm. And I decided that these um, the things I was thinking about these water themes mm-hmm. and this urbanness
0: and that was all before Hurricane Harvey. Oh, this
1: was this was two years ago. Yeah, this is two years ago. Um, in the case of the urban dread, the black and whites. I had thought about those in 2000, 2000, when I went to DC to see Barnett Newman's Station of the Cross, uh-huh. and was struck by not, they weren't attractive paintings, the Newman paintings, but they stuck with me as something that I recognized, didn't know what though, mm-hmm. didn't didn't know what, and, and, but filed it away about why they weren't, like I said, they weren't handsome paintings, they weren't spiritual like Rothko's, they didn't, do anything particular, you know. Um, I like
0: they, that about Newman, that he's he doesn't, or he hasn't been sucked into posthumously this this religiosity. No, 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 the, they, they were, and they
1: had nothing to do with Stations of the Cross, uh, you know, you could still see the tape he pulled off, and I was like, well, this, you know, this shit is very unattractive, but something about it, but I can't think about that right now, you know, I was like Scarlett O'Hara, so I'll think about that some other day, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so I'll think about it.
0: People treated their slaves well. Oh, Scarlett
1: was so good. She was so good. You know, she was so good, man. You know, (laughs) and and Hattie McDowell can't even go to the fucking Academy Award party. I think ain't that a bitch? You know. Um, yeah, you talking about um, Hollywood balls? You talking about Harvey? You're, where was Clark Gable? Can, you I, tell what, you, what, can what, I tell you? Can I tell
0: when Heidi McDaniel's McDaniel story? Yeah, oh. no, they should have stood up for her. Right, she uh, came under fire for playing uh, domestic servants, in, like but in later movies, right. where, like in the 30s or whatever. Right. Well, Gone with the Wind was the 30s, but like in the 40s and whatever. For playing servants or housekeepers or maids or whatever. Right, right. And she was like, Well, I'd rather play one on you know, in a movie than be one in real life and this kind of work is preferable to me. So this is what
1: I'm doing. Well, her and Stephen Fetchett had the same problem. But yeah. when you want to go visit them in their homes, you know, they had white servants. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> there you go. The Champion fans. Click, click. I wish you people could see this. But uh but that's to
0: your black and white painting right
1: there, i saw those black and white paintings and i said well i'm going to think about this one day but i wasn't in a mental space to think about that mm-hmm. you know and um but then something happened where i was going to river oaks with a friend from new york city a black guy paranoid in the car
0: mm-hmm. really
1: yeah paranoid and i was like man i need you to chill I need you to calm down. He says, man, it's this cop car following us. Please, follow him. I says, nobody following anybody. You know? True, but true enough, it was. Mm. He was, trust. how the hell did you see that dude? Now, he was almost trained to see that color. Mm-hmm. The black and white color. You know, color meant something to him. Just those, the combination of those. Right, the black sh- and white cop right, car. Right, right, he was trained to see that. Squad car. Right, well, that, um, I thought about that, you know, and his paranoia, in which it was a real fear. He had. Did you been, get pulled over? Uh, no, but we got followed. And he had, this guy had been a victim of that, you know, stopping, you know. Yeah, stopping frisk. Stop and frisk. And um, I had never had that happen to me, uh-huh. no, nowhere I've ever lived, you know. But this has happened to him, you know, several times, and he was paranoid, and rightly so. And I, it, it became apparent to me what color means to certain people. The, ob- the object of color, you know. And so um, I thought about Newman's and modernism and the whole idea of how that works on people of color, you know. This banal way of making art that some white artists make art mm-hmm. in the contemporary art world um, It's fine, it's cool, you know. Um, but that doesn't come easy to me. Mm-hmm. Everything means to me. You know, this might be unsexy to say, but everything, and, and, and I'm not critiquing anybody else's work, but everything means to me because I am a citizen who is affected by the environment that's trying to infect me. Mm-hmm. And so I thought about the Stations of the Cross, and then I, just before, I, and this is before I even went to Bolivar, I was just making notes about all this, mm-hmm. you know.
0: Because you went, you lived in B- the Bolivar Peninsula, which is right on the coast. Right,
1: right, but I didn't move there first. I was just right here. That now, was right, your,
0: that was your like Forrest best, like ex- 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 moment. Ex-
1: exactly, and I got there by accident, by the way. But, but, but this area here on the east side where we are right now, mm-hmm. just down the street from here and behind me, uh, not in Third Ward is an area between, it's called The Bottoms. That's what, you know, the brothers call it, The Bottoms. It's, it's, it's a rough and tumble neighborhood um, where um, it used to look like Fourth Ward, you know. On, Before on, Fourth Ward got bougie. It got, got, got bougie and, and all the people relocated. Um, and I went there just cruising around, seeing that, that old neighborhood. And I realized that um, um, everybody's affected by this this. This color, this witnessing:
0: do you feel nervous going to a place like the bottoms?
1: No no, I don't. But listen, you fear um, this is not race or class. you fear anything where it's a little uh, devious yeah. presence. Yeah. you know I mean you, you wouldn't walk you know certain places in New Orleans at night or certain places in New York City or Paris at night. you know you just know yeah. where to go you know but uh, and listen, a brother ain't your brother because he's your color either. You know, so uh, I I'm not a fool. I I I understand crime no matter what the race is, but I needed to be. I need to do some investigative reporting about um, this color. You know, so I just went back there and asked some brothers. You know, I said, man, when you, what do you feel when you see a black and white cop car? Uh, what is the visceral feeling you have when you do that? Ask them like 10 cats that. Mm -hmm. And they all have the same, you know, like panic, blood pressure. Yeah. Yeah. And then that that was the big origins of the Urban Dreads and doing a kind of meditation of black and whites. So I can take Barnett Newman and Modernism and really take it under my own sense of seeing in my own experiences and really make it uh, Stations of the Cross more than Newman could. Because I'm dealing with land and sea in that show. Yeah. Land and sea. Land and sea as it relates to the, the ah. Black. The, 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 yeah, land and sea as it relates to the Middle Passage. Is
0: one the order and one the chaos?
1: You want one? No, uh, both are chaos. The Middle Passage is chaos as well. Mm-hmm. You know, you first you're kidnapped. You, you, you're in a boat full of Babel, because all these cats come from different regions. You know, it's not like everybody spoke the same tongue. So you're in a boat full of Babel and chaos. And then you get to land in it's chaos. And then that urbanist spreads. This is a great television show and a book I didn't read called American Gods. That's on Showtime. And one of the scenes, one of the, and during one of the kidnaps of the Middle Passage, one of the slaves is praying for God to come and save them. Well, God appears, but he's a God dressed in a purple suit, kind of looking like Sly of Family Stone, mm-hmm. you know, Prince. prince. Yeah. And he's given them a history. Have you seen this before? No. And he's given them a history of what's about to happen to them. He said, first, you're going to get there. You're going to get your ass beat. <laughs> and 200 years, you know, hence, you're going to get your ass beat. Yeah. You know, and all this going to happen to you. You're going to get lynched. You know, blah, 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 and he just gives them a history of what happens. This is a very effective thing for me to hear, you know, because I was like, wow, you know, and because all that stuff is true, right? So, you, you, so, so, so the middle passage, you're dealing with, you know, that, and then you're dealing with urbanists that pretty much people like Robert Moses constructed. Yeah. You know.
0: Can we talk about your titles for a minute?
1: Titles are important
0: you draw on religion mm-hmm. you draw on mythology mm-hmm. you draw on literature a lot mm-hmm. and then you do stuff like ready-made africans and sperm rush right so you are small-c catholic in your tastes
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's a, it's a it's a hook
1: right so so you can say you can name something ready-made african you know which is a, an interesting title of um of existential readiness of black people
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know I'm making myself I'm not thinking of, of Deschamps but you're thinking of Deschamps I'm not thinking of Deschamps I'm thinking of you know brothers from the hood who are being responsible for their own existence fate fate
0: so the piece Max Ernst it's in the Manil collection right. which is amongst the body of work that will be shown in this retrospective that's coming up this works on paper retrospective right it's in that same body of work.
1: Yeah, all those. One writer, of them. Yeah, Rhetorical Africans.
0: It's where you, where you put a figure with text. And so right. it says the text, Max Ernst, and it shows um, a essentially a rapper.
1: Right. But my point about all that is in culture, people really don't know who, they are, who they're looking at. A lot of people, when I showed that Dolly painting, which was juxtaposed with George Clinton, mm-hmm. they thought that was really Dolly. You know, really? I saw a white woman. Um, I was with there with a friend of mine. She said, "I didn't know Dolly was black." You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, and so you know, but but how many people would you know? And you
0: didn't spend your youth listening to tear the roof off the motherfucker either. You know
1: not I mean, come on, man. I mean, you name me ten um, artists of any race who could walk down the street and people would recognize them at a McDonald's. You know, you wouldn't know. You know, you might. You know, you wouldn't know who the hell they were. Richard Sierra you know picasso name them you wouldn't you wouldn't give a, warhol maybe people. people
0: would know warhol people would know picasso you
1: you assume you assume well
0: the, all right your average bear might not know yeah picasso. you you
1: you, you know am saying so you average but
0: bear. i could see myself and, passing by picasso in the street and not like and and looking necessarily not seeing. not
1: not necessarily thinking you know but a, 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 a B reality tv star you say, oh, that's that dude on honey boo boo you know you know
0: <laughs> he kind of was that dude on honey business.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So so you know um I'm, you know the gaze I'm dealing with is people are not in sync with um um the labeling system that they desperately need the stereotype of thing.
0: Mhm.
1: Yeah. Uh, there's, and so in that show, the show, the the, the the drawing show that's coming up, there's. Oh, so there's
0: it's just—is it just drawings, not watercolors?
1: Well, everything on paper is drawing okay. to me. It's, it's it's watercolors, and graphite drawings, and um, it's exciting because there's some it's like twenty pieces nobody's never ever really? seen, before. never exhibited, right, never exhibited. Oh,
0: that's exciting.
1: It's going to be interesting to see that.
0: Are there any big pieces? Because I remember you did some really big. It's
1: it's like ten. It's like seven large scale
0: of your piece. nudes
1: there's a lot of nudes mm-hmm. a lot of nudes a lot of large scale nudes people
0: like looking at naked bodies yeah
1: people like looking at naked bodies a lot of people nude mm-hmm. there's a lot of things it, This that show to me all of my paintings are complicated you know they're complicated based on just the fact of people want to know um, and I think that's based on the author too people just can't look at the thing but they look at me as somebody who made it and think that well something something he's got an agenda yeah he you know something he's a trickster here something is happening here Mm -hmm. you know they just don't look at the, the the image as they just look at the image and just come away with whatever they feel the image should do right they're thinking about me as the person who made the image so they think well what should i be thinking here what is this a critique of
0: and that's something that uh, African-American artists deal, or artists of color generally deal with is the, the identity of the artist itself. Of course. I
1: mean, there was a woman at Texas Gallery said she was looking at the urban dreads, black and white paintings, and she said, these are so beautifully done. And somebody said, you know they're about black police cars and segregation and racism and handcuffs and, and hospitals and, and targets and gunfire and all this. Oh, it's so beautiful to mean all that. <laughs> <laughs> you know well,
0: that's one way of describing it you know and you know it's just
1: so beautiful to you me know what's
0: interesting about those pieces to me what? was was it's interesting that you mentioned Newman because the the texture in them having just seen this Richard Sarah drawing show mm-hmm. at the Nasher in right. Dallas right. this I think the texture is really important
1: formally what? to those pieces well the texture is urbanness. You know the texture is very interesting and I see every, those those pieces were so thought about going back to that English guy it took me pretty much six months to even think about all that before mm-hmm. I started the first one mm-hmm. you know the textures are reminiscent are representational of graffiti of yeah. walls um in some cases hair you yes. know and uh and urban
0: grit more figuratively
1: uh, urban grit you know, and that's what, you know, so they just couldn't be flat.
0: Some of them are super geometric and pretty rigidly formal in terms of the shapes, and then some of them are more blobby, or they appear blobby, but then you realize what what looks like a blob is actually concentric circles or circles sort of, right. you know, overlapping each exactly. other. And I thought that was interesting where you're, where it's not monolithic Mm-mm. thing that you're up to there. It's very
1: formal, and I, lo- I, and I love what you said. it's old-fashioned. It's very old-fashioned. It's it's a very old-fashioned show, which I was trying to trying to get, you know, to, you know. um,
0: Well, there were a lot of people, myself included, had I not seen that old 94 painting at the museum last year, Mm -hmm. I would have never known that you could paint like that. Right. Because I only only ever knew your figurative painting.
1: I don't think I could paint like that if I didn't have a formal way of drawing, you Mm -hmm. know. I mean, uh, craft is important to me. Because I feel, and that's why that guy who wrote that Meese—that's that, him, the Meese, Jonathan Meese. Yeah, he didn't know what the fuck he was talking about. Craft is important to deconstruct the thing. You can't play like you can't play the reduced way that Miles Davis plays, you know, using four or five notes to get an urgent quality of life. If you can't really play formally, mm-hmm. you know, so you can't abstraction you know you, you you taking away from you know you have to so if i didn't have a way of formally abstraction drawing,
0: i think for younger artists is too often just a bag of tricks that they've learned with palette knives or certain techniques that they do to and scrape you can see and, it. yeah and you can see it and you, you can, can see, see the it. soullessness I, I, and of you it. you can
1: really see it somebody was talking about what well, david what is your role to zombie abstraction i said i have no fucking role with that mm-hmm. i said don't get me mixed up with um, you know what these new,
0: works didn't feel that way yeah man.
1: yeah and all this other stuff that's kind of like saying well you know in the 70s or 50s or whatever painting is dead you know only a white critic from New York City you know who lived in New York and think that New York is fucking universe says shit like that Painting's <laughs> dead right so somebody's zombies. bring
0: on the piles of sawdust on we're, the middle of the floor right
1: right you know so it's, it's that's 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 elitist absurd masturbative talk in my case um I wouldn't dare paint the show at Texas Gallery if um, I didn't make my other work.
0: I thought the hang was really really interesting and the, good. And I had never seen a line of paintings extend in that gallery between and bisect the two spaces. Well,
1: at first we wanted they they were talking about hanging them. stacking them. Uh stacking them and I said no we can't have that because I wanted to read um all It's the,
0: inexorable that long. Exactly. Line that exactly pulls you
1: because in. biblically speaking, I had seen things hung like that where the you, you forced the body to to, to move. Mm-hmm. That's the great thing about Sierra's work. He forces you to, to, to navigate. Yeah. I wanted to force the body to move and everybody who saw that show moved like from one thing to another. They didn't even know they were doing it. Yeah. And I loved seeing people walk in a circle doing that. And, <laughs> and um, Ian, Ian... And
0: it was counterclockwise just like right, when Right, right.
1: And Ian at Texas Gallery is really good at hanging stuff because I'm pretty uptight about all that stuff but he hangs all the shows for me, and he's he's one of the best I've ever seen doing that. Yeah. But but um, he may be the best. I I needed because when I saw the Newmans, I was doing it.
0: Mm-hmm. I was like
1: doing this. You don't do that with Rothko. You don't do that with a lot of other things. You know, you know. But with no, this
0: show, you just stand and right. absorb the
1: right. Just the 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 the, the, the oneness. <laughs> <laughs> and I love Roscoe too but the oneness you know, but, so, um,
0: so this show was interesting to me it was really interesting
1: I have to tell you that show was the, 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 the first show I've made that I can remember where I was in tune with forgive this speaking of oneness that I was in tune with the universe I don't know how I got there I'm, um, I'm at the point where I have racing thoughts as you get older you know mm-hmm. you know and i have to and that's why i went to bolivar you know because i couldn't do it here there's too much to do here yeah you know i said well, let me just go to a baseball game i can just walk through this yeah you know? yeah but um i went there i've never had this much focus making a painting show and i felt as good about the paintings as anything i've ever made mm. but the, the the like i said the show that's going to happen at hmac is pretty much um, more personal. All, all, all these things are personal. The HMAC show is personal. You know, the stories are personal. You know, um, where the, the show at Texas Gallery gets more uh, about social construct and, and, and all the isms that comes with that. Mm-hmm. You know, the HMAC show becomes more, not sentimental, but more personal and, you um, some of the tales being told. And that's an interesting title too. The telling and the told.
0: The telling and the told.
1: Right. What happens in the translation of the person you're telling it to. I love films and and books where it starts off as just like uh, Moby Dick or Frankenstein, where it starts off where the narrator is telling you something he's been told. He's telling you what's happening. Now, in the midst of that, Things get lost in translation, probably, you know, because I say, "Well, raining," you know, I'm telling you this story. Well, you know, Dave McGee told me this thing, you know, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But I told you this as a different, as a man, probably as, you know, if we talk about race, as a black man.
0: Call me Ishmael.
1: Yeah, call me Ishmael. How does how do things get translated down the pike? Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. Situation. That is very interesting. Very very fascinating. And I'm, I'm fascinated with that.
0: The telling and the told, yeah. because it is being told. It is being told, but it has also been told.
1: It's been told. Remember, because in Frankenstein that gets
0: into some that gets into some you know Einstein tr- theory of relativity.
1: Oh, stuff it there. really is. That's some tricky stuff. <laughs> that, that's a, It gets heavier by the moment. It gets heavier you, by the it, moment. It gets heavier and, and yet lighter. Yes, it does. You know, I mean, because in Frankenstein it extricates itself. It really, really does, and and you can get to. I mean, come on, religion is this way. The Bible is this. The Bible's the telling in the talk. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, wow, who told you that? I don't, God. Tell
0: me how you're feeling about this show. So, I mean, you, you talked about this a little bit about the show that's at the museum and these two shows together and where you are right now. I mean, do you think that this is really a moment for you, particularly coming on the wake, on the end of this Bolivar thing and maybe in the larger, back to the larger culture? Is this, because this is a pretty big double header you've got going on, if I may use the baseball
1: reference. Right. Well, I tell you, um, I didn't realize that my show was titled um, Urban, uh, The Complications of the Water, Urban Dread, when Harvey hit, I had no clue. People say, well, did you make that? You know, I say, oh, of course not. You know, But the universe is interesting, and the universe is in tune with creative people. If creative people are willing to be within the universe, you know and I mean, not fight it. Not fight it. I mean you know shit happens. You have to be around for the happening.
0: What's interesting is that the larger narrative about Harvey was that Houstonians came together and helped each other across socioeconomic, racial lines, whatever.
1: And like I tell you like I told you earlier when we were talking politics, truth is clean. The great thing about tragedy it cleans a lot of shit away mm-hmm. and you can see class structure for what it is you can see rich and poor, you know being on the same playing field you can see tragedy you know death is an equal opportunity deal right yeah. and so you know truth is clean and um, and I thought about that in relations to my show you know um, and, but you gotta be universally in tune with all that stuff, you know, and you see what happens. And the bottom line, too, is when I was in Bolivar, something else happened to me. If I'm going to, if, if truth is clean, I'm gonna be in Bolivar by myself, no television, no anything, just me and whatever I'm thinking about. What things I don't want to think about comes, too. Silence is loud. Mm-hmm. Silence is very loud. And then you end up like, wow, did I, I can't believe I did that. Oh, wow, maybe I should call that person. Wow, you know, then you start having this Hamlet man versus himself deal going on, mm-hmm. and I had that, and and you just have to forgive yourself and be a damn grown up, and say, wow, I, I, I was that was fucked up how I did that. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. you know, and um, and move so on. was
0: that what you got mostly out of that experience? That's
1: all I got out of it. You know, that's all oh, that. was that's,
0: just a hard look in the mirror.
1: Yeah, a hard look in the mirror, you know, and. But you had um, to get away from the noise of the city. You, you get away from the noise of the city, and you go have some retrospections and some recognitions at the same time.
0: That is being a grown-up.
1: That is being a grown-up. And. Um, owning
0: and, your shit, as we say.
1: Owning it. And, and leaving out the front door, not the back.
0: Yes. Leaving
1: out the front door, not the back. And um, and it made all the difference as Robert Frost would say, you know. <laughs> but um, and uh, it's no going back. Now I don't know if I can revisit that, but um, it's like um, something that Shakespeare says too in Othello, when Iago is um, everybody's asking for questions. Why did you do this? blah, blah blah? And he turns to Othello and says, "You know what you know. You know you know what you know," which is a powerful statement. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I uh, this is something that I came away with at Bolivar too. You know and so two different shows same person both of those shows live in the same body mm-hmm. both of those souls shows live in the same soul both of those shows have to do with serious issues and serious issues of uh, looking American looking uh, tribal looking uh, universal looking asking questions about why are we here what does this mean what has happened what is continuously happening and what and what do we do
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know because you know we are in a world full of images that's doing all kind of stuff
0: mm-hmm.
1: what do we do with these images you know,
0: well we, after having my hair blown back by that Texas Gallery show I look forward to seeing what you do at the Hughes Museum of African American culture.
1: be there <laughs> Be there now rainy.